Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. Uh, when you're done listening to today's episode, uh, go ahead and scroll back and listen to all the other episodes, but also hit up the subscribe button so you get a fun little ding on your phone every time a new episode is launched. Get that little dopamine dump, and while you're at it, uh, make yourself feel good by giving this podcast a five-star rating if it's available on the platform you're using. So last week, we had Holden on as our guest. Uh, We talked about getting out into the wilderness, exploring nature, why it's awesome for those on the spectrum, or with ADHD. We also talked in that episode, sorry, we scheduled that episode to post on social media on the day we were out climbing Granite Peak, the highest point in Montana. And it could have been while you were tuning in, listening to us talk about climbing the mountain, we were actually climbing the mountain. Proud to say that we did make it to the top. We didn't have any incidents. And now Holden can proudly proclaim he is one of the youngest people to scale the mountain. Uh, For those wondering, it's not an easy mountain to climb. It's a 12-mile approach where you gain about 5,000 vertical feet. And then the climb is semi-technical. It's definitely a great accomplishment for anyone, especially a 10-year-old. Some consider it to be the hardest high point in the lower 48 states. Uh, It's kind of tied with Gannett Peak down there in Wyoming. This week, we're going to shift our focus and take a look at what causes autism and how people can go about being diagnosed or discovering whether or not they are on the spectrum. We'll talk a little bit about some of the myths uh, that for some reason, are very prevalent still, and the actual truth about ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder. We'll start out with a handful of those myths about what causes autism, and then we'll take a look at why I believe they're myths and how they came about. And, of course, we got to point out the truths that we know so we can focus on the right things. First up, autism is caused by vaccines. First myth out there. There's literally no evidence of this. There's zip, none, nada. It came about, uh, there's the idea, because one quote-unquote study, and I use that term loosely here, from 1998, it showed a correlation between vaccines and autism. That has since been redacted and debunked, and tons of studies show that it's merely a correlation, and there's no causation. So what makes us wonder is why are they correlated? The best I can figure out is because babies get vaccines, and then shortly after receiving their vaccines, they get to the age where autism is detectable, where they're showing the outward signs of the disorder. So some wise-cracking pseudoscientist said, hey, look, these babies got their vaccines, and then they were diagnosed with autism, so therefore there mu- it must be true that vaccines cause autism. Now, I kind of came up with a simile here, a little metaphor, something s- sort of that relates. This would be like saying that a significant number of people involved in automobile accidents were wearing sunglasses at the time of the accident. Therefore, sunglasses cause automobile accidents. It's preposterous. But people latched onto it, and even celebrities jumped on board. Celebrities like Jenny McCarthy, who then wrote a book about how she 
cured her son's autism through gluten-free, casein-free. Casein is an animal protein found in dairy. Uh, And this certain diet accompanied by supplements and detox of heavy metals and antifungals for yeast overgrowth. Uh, If you've looked into this at all or know somebody on the spectrum, you know that autism can't be cured. Uh, The science later came out that most likely uh, Jenny McCarthy's son had something called Landau-Kleffner syndrome. It's a childhood neurological disorder that some of the traits mimic autism or similar to autism, but it wasn't autism. The bottom line is that there is no evidence that vaccines are in any way related or linked to autism. Our second myth here is that autism is a mental illness. I mentioned a couple days ago on on the Facebook page that I had someone ask if I took medication for my mental illness. I politely informed them I didn't have a mental illness as... ASD is not a mental illness, and thus there's no medication for it. Uh, this hap- this exchange happened with a stranger via Twitter, so it wasn't like face-to-face. Somebody's sitting there asking me, you know, why are you mentally disabled or anything like that. It did open up the idea that a lot of people conflate ASD with other neurological disorders. Why is this thought to be a mental illness? Autism is actually a developmental condition that affects how a person sees the world and how they interact with other people. Uh, This is versus, you know, say ADHD, which can be considered a mental illness, although often called a mental disorder, because that has to do with mental functioning, not uh, developmental condition. It's something that can be changed, altered, quote unquote, corrected with medication. Uh, bottom line is that autism isn't a mental illness any more than somebody being born without a hand is considered a physical illness. Medication is not going to fix the issues. Third myth is that autism is caused by bad parenting. Back in the 50s and 60s, when autism was first coming to light as a thing, I say first as in being recognized mainstream, because there's quite a bit of evidence that uh, of people who were autistic for hundreds of years, long before vaccines were even around, these people still existed. So it's funny how that works, that uh, suddenly autism is caused by vaccines, even though it was prevalent long before vaccines were. Anyway, some of the ideas in the 50s and 60s were that autism was caused by a parent who was too cold toward their children. They were uncaring. They were labeled as refrigerator parents. And the idea was that the baby's brain didn't develop properly due to this lack of affection. Now, there is a lot of evidence that children do not mature or develop ideally when they don't get the love and affection that they need, especially birth to, you know, those early formative years. But there's no nothing that shows autism can be caused by this. In fact, I don't know of any evidence that shows autism can be can develop or be quote unquote acquired after birth. As far as I know, the brain underdevelops in utero. Uh, that is while we're still in the womb. 
Uh, if any of my listeners have some knowledge on that, feel free to point me in the right direction. Let me know if I'm on the mark or left of the mark. Bottom line, autism isn't caused by neglect. There are a lot of other myths out there. We could spend hours and hours talking about them. But why is it seemingly becoming more prevalent? Why are there more people that are being diagnosed as autistic than ever before? It seems that, you know, if you look at the, the statistics, it used to be, you know, 1 in 200, now it's then 1 in 100. Now I saw one that was actually 1 in 50 children being born may be diagnosed as autistic. So it comes down to there's three main causes. There's environmental, biological, and genetic. The environmental factors are still being studied. They're not entirely known. And... A lot of it is correlation, not causation, such as the correlation of the time of vaccines and the the uh, the initial showing of autistic symptoms. Um, this is not to say that these are truths. They're also not entirely fallacies. So, smoking, drug use, and alcohol during president preg- during pregnancy is shown with an increased risk of being born with autism. On the other hand, when a mother takes prenatal vitamins, there is a correlation with a decreased risk. Gestational diabetes increases the risk, as does exposure to air pollution and chemicals, such as pesticides, fertilizers, and all the fun stuff they put into our foods these days. And if the older your mother was when you were born, the more likely you are to be born with autism. These environmental factors, as I mentioned, they're not super well known. There's a lot of research still going on. Hopefully we'll know more about this soon. Uh, Basically, what it boils down to is the better you treat your body during pregnancy, the less likely your child will be with any sort of developmental disorders, mental illnesses, or physical disorders. We know that smoking, drug use, and alcohol during pregnancy does not bode well for the child, so it's probably best to just avoid all those things. Biological factors have to do with uh, siblings. If you have a sibling that was born with autism, you're more likely to be born with autism. Genetics is probably the biggest known factor it's just a trait that's kind of passed down from a from from parent to child if your parents or one of your parents was on the spectrum it's more likely that you too will be on the spectrum so uh why is it why are we why are we more predominantly why, why are more people being diagnosed it's probably because we just know what to look for now and we are more aware of what's going on. So how are you diagnosed? Let's just jump right into this from these myths to the factors and to, you know, finding a diagnosis, discovering that you're on the spectrum and what to do about it. For the younger crowd, I'm talking uh, people under 18, still on their parents' insurance, especially all the way into the elementary school years when you're visiting a doctor more often than when you're older. Uh, It's a little 
easier to get the official diagnosis, I believe. Uh, doctors are more aware of what to look for. They know, they understand the signs and symptoms. They know the outward traits. Back when I was a child, back in the 1980s, that really wasn't much of an option. Uh, especially true for those who are high-functioning or level 1 or Asperger's, however you want to label it. Back in the 80s, there wasn't a diagnosis. You were just the weird kid. Uh took me a lot of years to find out that, you know, I was the weird kid, and this is actually why. So for kids, a diagnosis can come from their pediatrician, often confirmed with a visit to a psychologist, therapist, counselor, shrink, or some other mental health professional, but the pediatrician is the one that generally gets the ball rolling. For adults, it's a bit harder. We've gone through our entire life modifying our behavior so that we can fit in. We know how to mimic, we mask, and we avoid those uncomfortable situations. And a lot of very awkward interactions have taught me over the years what not to do, so I avoid doing those things where I avoid the situations altogether. If I wanted to go in right now and receive an official diagnosis, it would, first of all, cost me an incredible amount of money, something that's really not an option for most people, it would take a long time, sometimes years, to finally get that mental health professional to see that, you know, and admit that this is what's going on, especially because now they have to break down all these fronts that I have learned to put up and see who the true person is behind the socially acceptable, outward, presentable Scott. That leads us to wonder, why would you even want an official diagnosis? A lot of it comes down to how much level of support you or your children might need. With the official diagnosis, it opens up options for more support. Kids that are struggling in school that are officially diagnosed can have special accommodations made if they have that diagnosis. And depending on your health insurance, some other therapies might be available. So that official diagnosis is mostly to open up the doors for accommodations and things that you or your children might need. As for me, I am self-diagnosed. Uh, a lot of people have kind of confirmed that they see it, they that my diagnosis is correct. However, I don't have the resources, or really the desire, to talk to a shrink for a million hours while they jot down whatever they jot down on their little yellow notepad in order to tell me something that I already know about myself. So my discovery, my uh, my aha moment, my enlightenment period, was after reading about and watching other people on the spectrum and thinking, huh, that's totally me. So about 10 years ago, there was this TV show called Parenthood. It's largely a, just a terrible show where everyone just yelled at each other and argued all the time. But there was a character, he's, he's a teenager, he's 13, 14, 15 years old, on the show with Asperger's. And they called the condition to light, they talked openly about it, and of the few handful of episodes I actually watched, I noticed a lot of my own traits in that character. Several years later, I was reading the book called Look Me in the Eye by John Elder Robison. Uh, I've talked about this on my podcast before. 
It's his autobiography about growing up and being an adult on the spectrum. I read that book and I thought, huh, this is totally me. Finally, I admitted to myself that, yeah, this is probably because I'm on the spectrum, not just because I'm the weird kid, and dove much deeper into it. Uh, There are a lot of tests you can take online. Uh, Every single one of them I've done, they all come to the same, same conclusion. Yes, I am on the spectrum. No, I don't have an official diagnosis. No, I don't think it really matters. So, before we wrap up, really just the uh, cause of autism. That's kind of where we're going here. That's kind of the biggest thing is, what causes it, and why are so many people being diagnosed these days? Uh... It's really just we know what to look for. We know the outward signs. We know what is happening now. And so more kids are being diagnosed with autism because in the past, kids like me were just passed off as being weird. Now we know why they're weird. We, not that they're less weird. We just now have a good reason for being weird. For now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join that Facebook community. Feel free to ask any questions you want to ask over there. Remember that you can't get or contract autism. Despite what a celebrity might tell you, it's something you're born with and you have it for your entire life. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right. <laughs>